I'm Jim Wills, and this is the Art Unknown Podcast, where we feed your soul with art. Experiment, explore. Don't be afraid to, to be yourself. You have to live every single day to the fullest because you don't know when you're going to leave. Art elevates our lives everywhere. Art can really touch a person. You need to be open to be touched by it. Art, it's a way of uh, expression. It's something that we need as human beings. Now she's busting on my Indian rug and I'm smacking ass with my Michael Jackson gloves. Now come on. She said, she should give it to me. Okay, today on the podcast, uh, I'm very excited to chat with this gentleman. Uh, I'm going to switch it up. I've been doing visual art now for several episodes, so I'm so excited to do some a different type of artist. This guy is a musician. He's a hip-hop artist. He's been around for 25-plus years. Uh, he hails from St. Paul, Minnesota, and he's got some music, uh, some tracks such as Don't Speak, Futuristic Funk, Undress, and his, his hottest track to date, I Don't Need You, was featured on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I am talking to James Porter III, a.k.a. Afro Preacher. Mr. Preacher, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Man, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely, of course. I'm very excited to chat with you. Before we get started into the interview, I want to ask you an inspiration, something I always ask all artists, what they're inspired by. So it can be anything. Being a musician, it can be music, but it can be art. It can be sculpture, book. Nature is something I get often. So let me hear what's something that inspires you. Ah, man, it's a, it's a few things. You know, as far as my art is concerned, I was really early inspired by Japanese anime. Yeah, and Japanese right. anime. Yeah, Japanese anime. And then getting heavily inspired by Michael Jackson and Earth, Wind and & Fire. And then when my real inspiration kicked in is when my dad took me to my first P-Funk concert. <laughs> after, after that, and I seen the mothership come down. Yeah, you're hooked. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest inspiration is definitely psychedelic funk. Psychedelic funk, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that funk too, man. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Can't, you can't go wrong with little George Clinton, baby. <laughs> no, you can never go wrong with Uncle Blood. You can never go wrong with Uncle George. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I, so this is just an audio podcast, but you and I are both sitting here with Afros. You're, you rock it a little bit better than I do, I think. Mine's still pretty short. But when I was a kid, <laughs> at one point, I used to dance around all the time as a kid, and, and people started calling me a white Michael Jackson. And then, of course, Michael Jackson <laughs> became white. So, you know. <laughs> so I, too, was inspired by MJ when I was a kid. But um, let's get into your story, man. Afro Preacher, I found you through a mutual friend, Troy Williams. Troy's a good friend of mine, and I know you guys have been friends for many, many, many years. And he was my one of my early interviews episode four on the, on the podcast. He's an incredible fashion designer. And when I told him that I was chatting with you, he said, oh yeah, James is my little brother. And then when you and I first started talking, you're like, yeah, Troy's my big brother. So you guys obviously have a good connection there, but I want people to hear your story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey as a musical artist? I know that you also are a great drawer, graphic designer, 
and you've got a lot of, you're a well-rounded artist, but today we're talking about your music. So give us your story as music, how Afro Preacher came to be, came to be birthed and, and just take it from there. For sure. Well, uh, originally from, uh, born in Kansas City, Kansas. <clears throat> okay. Grew up on the Missouri side, grew up in a church, you know, mm. you know, heavy, you know, heavy, you know, black Baptist, traditional home, you know, okay. that sort of thing, you know, old school singing, you know, just growing up singing. My, my dad, it mostly comes from my dad. My dad plays about 17 different instruments. Oh, right? wow. It's in the blood. And, and yeah, he plays them well. Not yeah. like, like he's a, he's like a, like a genius. And I, that's where I kind of got the, that's where I got the music bug and the songwriting bug from. My earliest memory is growing up in Kansas City and he would be here in Minnesota. And my mom and pops, they divorced, they divorced kind of like when I was like six, seven. But one of my uh, um, earliest mem memories was, well, my dad used to play at this jazz club. Okay, when we were like real little, like five, six. And at night, my mom had to work. So what my dad used to do is used to take me and my little brother to the jazz club with him. <laughs> you know, sitting behind the piano while he's doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, just at an early age, I got to see all oh, how the vibration of music just affected people. Sure. And sure. I automatically identified that with just growing up in church because it's like it's almost it's the same thing, you know. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the choir singing. So for me, I just I just got it at the same time, like real early like that. Now, I couldn't really engage in a lot of secular music and stuff growing, growing up because, you know, sure, grandpa, sure. Was little, grandpa was a traditional man. And, and your gra your grandfather was a preacher himself. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay. And I, actually, here's a little history about me. Well, my grandfather's father and then his father like about five, no, six generations, they've all been ministers. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm the only one out of like dad, granddad, great, 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 great that I'm actually not a minister in a pulpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, it just, I really got that. But then later on, you know, as I turned like 17, 18, and um, I'm like in St. Paul in the Twin Cities, like really heavy, graduated from school, served in the military, uh, moving around. And my grandfather actually like changed. And I don't necessarily know where it came come from, you know, but all of a sudden he started letting us do rap songs in church. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it was still Jesus rap. Know, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And he kind of like let us like, do our thing. It, it, you know, it was like, yes, we could do some songs and stuff that was already out. You know, MC Hammer had a couple songs out. Yeah. yeah. Um, some stuff here and there. But, you know, just where our musical backgrounds comes from, you know, my grandfather was like, you know, as long as it's good, whatever you're doing, talk about the Lord, do your thing. Right, so, right, right. You know, me and a couple friends of ours growing up in choir and stuff like that, we just started doing it. And that's kind of like when it really like realized that, okay, I know if I ever want to do it professionally, I know if I'm not preaching the gospel, I at least want the sound. Sure. Sure. So it just, so it just moves people. So 
So fast forward, like maybe 10 years after that, because it was like just because of my how I grew up and my background and everything, grandpa still had the reins real tight as far as, okay. you know, you know, I bet not see you at no crazy hip hop concerts. <laughs> and all that. Right. You know, but then, yeah, fast forward 10 years and my, my boy Jay Griff, he would he was in church stuff, too. And we're in a studio one day. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're heavy jokesters. So we're always cracking jokes back and forth for each other, back and forth for each other. And he said, you know what? He said, you know, you sound just like your grandfather when you're doing your thing. I said, yeah, you know, grandpa and dad, you know, they inspire me and stuff. He said, you know what? We're going to start calling you Afro Preacher. And I went, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I said, hey, man, my grandfather's still alive, man. Right, right. <laughs> I said, now. My dad is way more progressive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. I you thought your grandfather, grandfather you thought your grandfather would not appreciate the preacher moniker, right? Yeah. Uh, He's like, nah, you need to get ordained if you're gonna call yourself preacher. <laughs> man. Okay. You know, and a lot of, you know, I tell a lot of people it's because I went another route, but my grandfather, he pretty much already had the plan, like my life already like mapped out. You know, we 70s and 80s kids. We're only like a one generation out of arranged marriage in this country. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, so that's kind of, you know, I was already getting patrolled and uh, my grandfather already had my education paid for for Bible school in the whole nine. I'm oh, taking wow. over the church, everything. Like, it Man. was like mapped out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and since I, you know, my B, I'm the oldest son, grandson, great-grandson. So I've been, you know, I, some sort of way I just got born. You know how it is. You 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 you're a namesake too. You know how to just get born into responsibility, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So that's just kind of you know really what it was. But as Grandpa got older, you know, he started relaxing more. So like I would say, like about two thousand, between two thousand two thousand two, that's when Afro Preacher kind of like really got heavy. Okay. You know, and he kind of felt like. Well, all right, grandson, you look like you're going to keep your head on your shoulders. I said, look, man, you know, you see, you know who I come from. You know who my grandfather is. That's why I told him. I said, you know who my grandfather is. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep my head on my, keep my head on my shoulders straight. So, you know, it was just that and how musically inclined my dad, my dad is. Well, my dad's a songwriter, too. And he was actually one of the songwriters for the song Fame. Okay. Who wow. My dad, yeah. Well, yeah. James Porter Jr. So it just, that's where all, and I saw so I just, some sort of way, all of that finally just, just dumped in my body. And I was able to start pushing out this Afro preacher sound. That's, it's still, you know, I'm still a hip hop lover at the end of the day, but it's just, you know, I want to, you know, I'm trying to get into the soul. I'm trying to get in people like, hey, you know, I, I I I like that sort of music. I like to create the music where everybody's welcome. Sure, 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 sure. You know, just like church. You know, everybody's welcome. Come on in. When you started off, maybe even before Afro preacher, you said you um, you were singing in church or rapping in church. Your grandfather was letting you rap a little bit in church, doing some some of that in church. Did you start out doing sort of religious or Christian style hip hop outside of church? Because I, I've, brother, I've heard some of your songs. They're not the most, you know, Christian type. Not, you know what no. I mean? 
You transitioned away from that undress. Yeah, I, I was like, that was like my rebellious part. As soon as I had a chance, I got a secular song out the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. Hey, and when I pushed it out, and grand, you know, my grandparents and dad, they all heard it. It was like, okay. So I just, I took off and I took off and ran with it. Yeah. Now, something that I thought of, so I've listened to a bunch of music and man, you've got some really great tracks Like get down. It just, it's such a good hook and it's, it gets into your blood, man. It's one of those songs that just, it's a, a chart topper, man. It's such a good song, but. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I know some of your, yeah, of course, of course. I know some of your lyrics can be a little bit, uh, I don't want to use the word vulgar, but you, you know, you, you use some curse words in your music. And I remember this Will Smith once saying like, he doesn't use, he doesn't say the word fuck because of his grandmother. Like she didn't approve of foul language. And it wasn't yeah. until after his grandmother passed away that he started using it in movies or whatever. Right. Like he was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to relax a little bit. It's just a word. I want to yeah. know if you had any of that kind of experience yourself because you have some, you have some explicit language in some of your music as well. Is that just the culture of hip hop or like, were you very clean in your lyrics? Oh until yes. Your until your grandfather passed or whatever, like, is that kind of a similar sort of situation? Yes, sir. Very clean, like driven snow clean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was just boom. But then uh, when, when grandpa passed like uh, 2004, 2005, grandma was still around and, grand and grandma was really relaxed. She was like, you know, you, I know you're not going to go over the top, grandson, you know, do your thing. Okay. So I was like, okay. So it's like, I still, I still carry a lot of that. Sure. Cause it's like, you know, when I do curse, I try to have it where it's like, it's really something behind it. You yeah. know, if I, yeah. if I throw a curse in there, I'm throwing it in there. Cause it's like, it feels like almost appropriate. Like, you know, those situations where you just got to say, damn. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, and you, you know, know Words are just words, you know, it's the meaning that we apply to the words. And I, I know people can get really offended and it's funny how certain words in different cultures have different yeah. meanings and they have different imp impact. You know, some, mm -hmm. some cultures, the word, the word shit doesn't mean anything. And then in, yeah. in America, it has a little bit more, but it also nowadays, especially with more and more explicit language being used on TV and things like that, yeah. it has less of an impact. So I agree yeah. with you. It's there to have an impact within the lyric. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, I, and now the culture part where I think, you know, you know, some of hip hop is just, in my opinion, just kind of gone too far. It's like every other word, yeah. you know, and it's, just, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. So then the impact that they were hoping to make, they do make that impact, but it's short lived. It's like that. Right. You know, right. Right. It's like, okay, in this song, I heard you say fuck a thousand times and now I'm over it. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. you know, Since we're on that topic, I, I want to ask yeah. you about the N-word. Do you use the N-word in your music? And what are your thoughts on, on the N-word? Because, yeah. No, I don't. I don't really use the N-word in my music. I mean, I have before, probably in earlier music, but just as my musical taste has kind of broadened, I just don't, Right. you know? Right. And it's more just kind of a, it's just more kind of a, a, a personal thing. Now, I don't know if that's because, you know, you know, because of history and stuff has passed on and, and, you know, stuff is in the past. And 
maybe my generation is probably maybe a little bit more removed. Sure, sure. Know, stuff like that. But it's like, you know, I, I put it like this. I personally think music is to build bridges. Now, yeah. build a bridge where only a few people get through. <laughs> or you can, you know, me, I like to build the six lane bridges. <laughs> That's great, man. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And one thing, as far as gospel music, I really believe in that I kind of do my own music the same way is that with gospel music, you don't even have to be a Christian, but the words aren't so out of pocket that you can't say anything. Right, right. Everybody can join in. It don't matter who you are. So that's kind of why I really don't. Yeah, okay? sure, sure. Now, you know, you know, between the homies and, you know, we're cracking jokes, talking shit. If we're in the man cave, <laughs> you know how you know how that goes. You know, we all let a whole bunch Comes of Comes out, sure, 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 sure. <laughs> You know, but, but I still have that thing where, you know, perception is everything and people are watching. Yeah, okay. absolutely. People are, people are watching. And I'm more about, you know, just, you know, creating connections, making a bridge. I want more positive conversation going on than negative. Yeah. Because we because what we do. This day of social media, people post bad news thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Right, 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 right. I, I hear it, brother. You're you're light. You're light in the darkness. Like I, I, on the N word. Like I remember NWA. I mean, it's in the title of their name, right? And yeah, it's funny. It's funny actually listening to NWA. I, I I too was in the military, and I remember being around a bunch of brothers and black dudes, and they were listening to the music. And I, I had never really heard it before. I, I grew up in mostly white America, right? So I was like, what okay. is this? This is great. Like, this is crazy. Here, I'm a little white boy. But because I was hanging out with them, I became one of the boys. I was in the club. I was in the end club. And back in the, the, the word, like you said, the word has generationally become one of these words that is no longer used. And what I right. find is so interesting is when we hear it in hip hop, especially like Dr. Dre or Snoop or people like that who throw it out a lot. And then you get white kids that are loving this music. And now it's like, uh, I can't really say the word because it's like, it's in the it's song, you know what I mean? It's in the song, but then uh, like now I'm going to offend people if I say it as a white person. So like, that's, what are your thoughts on that? When it's in a song and the white kids are loving it and they're singing the music and then all of a sudden they're like, the end comes out and they're like, ah, oh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, it, and it's like, cause sometimes I kind of find that situation kind of like, as far as black folks concerned, you know, having a cake and eat it, too, eat it too. And I'm sure every race on the planet has experienced, you know, somewhat of having your cake and eat it too. But sure. then as time, just what's going on with us, time is moving forward. Okay. Time is moving forward. And it's, you know, it's one of those, it's, you know, catch 22. I guess that's the best way to put it. You okay. Know, catch right. Double-edged sword, because it can yeah. cut both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, so it's like, if me and me, it sits, I'm such like a musical guy, I, and I'm into just, just how mathematically music works, okay? And if people are joining in my music and they're singing it back to me. I'm not trying to have any music in there where I hear like a whole section of people have to cut out because they feel they can't say this. Right, right, okay. right. It's almost like an interruption in the choir. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So I'm more like, you know what? Take it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, you just take it out. Because at this point, as far as the N-word is concerned, me personally, it's not going to gain anybody any further political ground. Sure. Okay. It's not going to change the price in China. Who gets to say it more? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So it's like, as far as moving forward as a society, you know, everybody's being asked to let certain shit go. And, you know, and me, I agree with that. If we, I put it like this, okay, marijuana, we want the, we want the federal ban raised. We want it to at least not be illegal, not arresting, being arrested for all the stuff that used to go on. Okay. If we want that, in that, because you know the devil's in the details, sure. there's something in that that we all are going to have to compromise with that we may not necessarily want to do, okay? But we're going to have to do it if we want the whole greater good to take advantage of it. So if it's to make marijuana legal and citizens just can't have thousands of pounds in their cars anymore. Okay. Agree with that. It's legal for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to do that. no more. Okay. So everybody's going to have to have something that they give up. Everybody should have to throw some skin in the game. Sure. Sure. You know, it's that skin in the game is what helps us all keep, keep ourselves accountable or, you know, or hold each other to that, to that standard. I mean, you know, these days, I just feel like the N word is almost like an eight track tape. It's like, man, it's cold. <laughs> it's you done, know, it's right. Like, let's move done. beyond. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we need to bury it. Ain't we done with it yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, because you know? it, it permeated black culture, but then it created a separation between blacks and whites because all of a sudden white people can't, like, we're not saying it because it's offensive. And then it's almost became a thing where it's like, oh, it's offensive to black people now, too. Like, when black people are using it, towards each other it's like how long are we going to keep the conversation going so i like your position on it i really like your position on it let's move beyond it it's still a word that can have a meaning in certain things like like fuck it's if used sparingly it can have an impact but when you yeah. just throw it out there too much the impact's gone let's move beyond now you brought up weed i want to i wanted to ask you this since you brought it up being a man with roots in the gospel and roots in the church do you use weed as as a tool in your music, as an influence in your music, I know many artists will use weed to help their creativity. It's been proven now. I come from Colorado, so, you know, hello, weed friendly. But it, it's been proven that it releases, it opens up the pituitary gland. It releases more creativity in our minds. Do you use it in creating your music? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. I, I use it in, you know, I use it in a couple facets. I use it in that facet. I also use it in the facet of, you know, my, you know, I'm a martial artist too. So, you know, it's when I'm doing like my rejuvenative martial arts, you know, mm -hmm. I, I use it, you know, especially when it comes to me when I'm doing my yoga, when I'm just sitting and meditating and those sort of things, you know, yeah. 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 I definitely do. yeah. yeah. There's yeah. some interesting, interesting, now that it's becoming more and more legalized and, uh, like Canada, you know, the whole country legalized it. There's now people are able to study it more. And there's some interesting studies about microdosing weed and how mm -hmm. versus, you know, I mean, like it's been sold as this recreational drug for so long and, and like marketed. And, you know, and it, it's been that um, that tie in, especially with black people, like unfortunately, the persecutions that have happened because of 
because of weed, but like, oh, it's yeah. just a re- recreational drug. And now I find it really interesting that it's being studied as a, as a medicine. Mm. You know, as, it, as it was used for thousands of years before it became this, oh, let's just get high, whatever, you know, sit around, right. <laughs> getting sucked into the couch and eat Doritos. You know, now it's, it's used <laughs> in a more creative fashion. It's used like you. I love that you brought up the spiritualness too. like the, it's used in I know in Colorado that it's more and more popular now to do like to do like a, a, a 420 friendly yoga class or 420 mm-hmm. friendly meditative practices. So uh, I appreciate you mentioning that. So and you were talking about like using it, using marijuana in the yoga practice and in the like in meditation, things like that. And mm-hmm. it's interesting uh, using it in pain meditation or pain management. And then I read a thing, I think it was a couple of years ago of how in professional sports, especially basketball and football, these guys have been using weed for a long, long time as pain management because they're such extreme sports. And unfortunately yeah. it was oftentimes Afro-American guys that would get busted. And yep. the white guys were like, Oh, it's okay. It's like, it was when we find that it's such, it's, it has, there's so much we don't know about this plant and as a medicine, and as a creative tool that it really needs to be researched a lot more. But the, when we find that it's used in so many areas of the life of life that we as the average American or the average person don't even know, these right. professional sports players are using it, the professional athletes, the professional musicians. You know, Kung Fu is an extreme sport. Yeah. Okay. For and sure. I feel exactly, you know, with athletes feel we don't want to, you know, Okay, football players, a football, give them a choice. You want to smoke this joint or you want us to take this needle and stick it in your knee and shoot you. Yeah. It's definitely pain management because how hard we're pushing our bodies. Yeah. And for people that if you push your body hard, if you push your mind hard, that's where definitely where me as a martial artist, where marijuana comes into comes into play. So even if I need to focus longer and train longer, just it helps you. It definitely helps you focus. And when I'm doing my meditative or healing martial arts, okay, Mm -hmm. it helps me push to the next level for my flexibility. Because as we all as we all get older, yes, we can constantly lift weights and do all these things to to gain muscle. But. Sometimes, you know, people don't understand that as you get older, it flips. Your flexibility is way more important than how much pounds that you think you can lift. Right. Sure, sure. Because, you know, a weak bicep, you can kind of deal with that. But weak knees, weak ankles, weak back, weak weak elbows, all that where the joints is at, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you, man. Sucks, and then for some of us that live in, you know, if you live in a place where the climate gets cold, it's right on your joints, right yeah. on it. Yeah, it's right yeah, on. Yeah. It. Then you have the, on the other side where people are doing jobs that are mentally strenuous, mentally strenuous, mentally strenuous. And okay, we've grown up with enough. Just say no campaigns. Don't do drug campaigns. Uh, we've been through crap. We've been through Heron. We've been we've been through all these things, and it's touched everybody. Just not one community. If you're in America, it's touched everybody. Yeah, for sure, man. And I personally believe that more 
Americans, no matter what your walk life, more Americans are leaning this way because I think we have enough data and enough people alive that are seeing each other that these man-made drugs, how we do them, how bad they're affecting us. You know? Yeah, yeah, opioids. You know, opioids, yeah. I mean, any time you have to pass something congressional to fight something, you know it's bad. <laughs> Absolutely, you're totally right, you're totally right. Uh, a recent study said that 91% of Americans now support some sort of legalization of marijuana, which is crazy, overwhelming. I mean, it's like you said, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. You know, I, I also, I know they're, they're using weed to help people get off heroin addiction as a way of getting rid of the, now granted it's, this is not your grandfather's weed. Well, not your grandfather, <laughs> but, this is, <laughs> but this is not our your grandfather's friend. weed. It's much stronger today than it was back when I, even when I was, you know, a teenager, a young adult, mm -hmm. you know, and, so it definitely has that addictive property, but psychologically addictive, not chemically addictive the way these other drugs are, opioids are. And uh, to, yeah. to use marijuana to help you get over this physical addiction to heroin, to opioids, is an incredible thing. And then, like you just talked about with all the pain management, all these other things, it's just, it's a matter of time. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of time. You, you know, you can only ask people to live, you know, in physical pain for so long until they've reached the extreme of their wins. Right, right. You know, Absolutely. Like, you know, look, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out like this. <laughs> <laughs> right, go out smoking. Yeah, that's right. Right, I'm yeah, going out yeah. smoking. Forget it. You know, it's not our, and it's not our grandfather's weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into your music a little more. You know, we can talk, I'm sure we can, you and I could talk about the the pros and cons of weed for a long time, but this is a, an arts podcast. <laughs> I, I love that you're doing the Afro preacher thing. It, oh, man. Cause you're preaching the song and that, that song get down. I know I mentioned a little bit. I want everybody to listen to that. You have that real preacher kind of flow in the, in the song, which is really, really great. And um, yeah, so yeah props, props to that, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Well, let's, let's talk about your music a little bit. You got a track on Real Housewives, I Don't Need You, yes. uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Talk about that, if you will. How did that, how did that get picked up? And, and then also, what has it done for your career since, that, since it was played in that, in that show? Okay, okay. Well, I Don't Need You, produced by uh, LST, producer here in, in the Twin Cities uh, with me, uh, LST Music. It was his, actually, brainchild, my producer. Okay. Okay. And it didn't, it didn't have a name yet. Um, it had a name, but he kind of just names his tracks, you know, just kind of put it out there so it has a designation so he can find it. Sure. But it didn't have a name. And he said, look, he's, uh, LST says, look, this is Afro. I have a track for you. Just follow it. He said, I think this is a real good idea. And I'm the type of person that when I get music, I, I'm just always inspired that way. Well, I, I can't, I, I can never wait to get the next track because I'm, my hand is constantly you know, in motion. I, I, I just, I, I get that from my dad, write music. I, I just do that. Writing so, the lyrics. Yeah. Cause to yeah. me, when I hear music, I already hear the words in there, you know, so, most of the time I'm just scribing them out. Sure. So, sure, he's sure. Like, so he's like, here, just go with it. So when I got it, George Floyd was going on. The riots was like just over. And probably like a year out of that, that's when I got the track. So 
that's kind of where the lyrics and where the subject matter came from for okay. I Don't Need You. Okay. And when it hit the airwaves, it just kind of really took off. It was getting a lot of places that I didn't even realize. And the, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that, that it had done for me before business, what it had done for me personally, it gave me the opportunity to reshape how I do funk music. Mm. You know, on this end, take the elements of funk and add something that's going on with our times right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as what happened with the riots here, with Donald Trump, with the coronavirus, all those things that was going on, it just when LST made the track, it was all in there. Okay. You know, it was just like, okay, cool. So we got it done, put it out. And let's say, I want to say two months after it was out, me and my lady, we were on our, uh, we were on like, I think our like fourth, like dating anniversary. Okay. And we were somewhere where we were, we were at a hotel, we were uh, at a hotel party and stuff. We were just kicking it with our friends. And then next thing you know, I got a text from uh, my guy, Malcolm Riddle. He's the uh, music director for And You Don't Stop Radio for Chuck D, a public enemy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he hit me up. He shot me a text, uh, like a, a video text uh, on Twitter. And it was a video text of Chuck D talking about my music. Ah! <laughs> and I, I like stopped the whole part. I said, stop. <laughs> stop. Okay, just stop. Okay. And as we were listening, I mean, and, and, and Big Brother Chuck D, much love to him. He he like went through, he was going through like my whole website, my my uh my bio. He said my name like eight times. Ah. Okay. And it's like I literally had eight heart attacks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It was just tripping me out. It went from there. Then at the same time, my producer LST, he's in conne- he's in connections with he, he does a lot of uh, um, music licensing with commercials, movies, TV. Okay. And uh, he he's really into the industry himself. And through through some mutual friends, they heard the music. And so the uh, uh, female rapper, her name is a she got or Lady Luck. We ended up connecting on Instagram and she heard the music and she was working with uh, um, Bravo Network stuff at the time. And they were and they were looking for some good music to add on to the new season. Mm-hmm. And it, had, it hadn't even come out yet. Oh, so wow. This yeah. was like before they were just getting the music together for it. OK. And we submitted it and they just, they loved it. And so, you know, and, and now here's the thing. I still didn't think it was real. Okay. <laughs> 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 ah, everybody lies. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. Until um, now that was, that had happened the September of, I want to say 2020. Okay. Yeah, it happened in September 2020, and that's when, after the new year, uh, 2021, is when the new seasons of Housewives started coming out. Okay. So, 
I had just actually I just made it back to the Twin Cities from a performance we had had in another city. Yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden, my phone is just like ringing, going off. And it was two things going off at the same time. One, the WWE Network had picked up my promotion commercial for I Don't Need You and added it to their network. Oh, wow. So, so yeah. people from the WWE wrestling world were seeing my music. Oh. And then at the same time, I had people calling me, telling me, yo, yo, Afro, yo, yo. I said, yo, say something, <laughs> yo, what? And so it's like, yeah, man, you're, I hear your music on uh, Atlanta Housewives right now. I said, what? <laughs> and, and just so he happened because his girl watches it because you know girls watch that sure sure and he, in, and he was in another room and he heard it he was like and he said he went he went down to the living room and he was like i know that dude that's my guy that's afro and she was like you don't know you don't know who that is yeah right? he's, like, no. he's like no that's him and that's what he had called me and i was like for real you hear it he was so he had got his phone and took a picture of the episode while it was going on. And he shot it to me. And the beginning part of a certain scene, you can hear my music playing in the background. I'm like, whoa. So when it happened, it started going viral. Mm -hmm. And from, so that was like, you know, 20, 2020, 2021. And kind of since then, just things just have picked up because uh, you know, of the pandemic. You know, we all slowed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, I, I kind of pulled back myself because I had, you know, I redid some things just to do more stuff online because we were all in the house. Sure. <laughs> I don't need you. Definitely, like, made it where when we started loosening up, it was just... Things just start picking up. Things just start picking up. And the song was getting in a lot more places than, you know, I just, you know, just hadn't realized. So I was like, so it actually with that song, it actually reignited some of like my old material to that I had put out previously. So sure, sure. I so I don't need you only. It was a big song. It's a big song, but it also just reignited older material I had. So it like served, it like swung back and forth for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just, and that's one of the songs that, and that song right there is definitely what got me to the song, Get That. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I want to <laughs> talk about the, the the cover art for that, for, for I Don't Need You. Okay. I don't know if it's intentional, but man, there's a similarity. And I looked at some of the other stuff you have uh, probably around that same time period. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a, a Ricardo Tubbs vibe going on there. Miami Vice. Yeah. <laughs> was that intentional? And, and you got the 80s, like neon and all that stuff. Like, I'm like, man, you yeah. can be like a double in these, in the, especially in the animation. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you're pretty good. Yes. Yes, that was. Yes, I had to look was. up his first name. I remembered Tubbs, but I had to look up his first name. Very good. Yes, it was. It was, it was, uh, it, I took the look of Miami Vice. And I mixed it with a uh, cyberpunk anime. And that's where I just put it together. And then I just, you know, I, I, I often, a lot of times I just draw myself as a superhero or doing whatever and that sort of thing. And it just, it did just you create, together. 
did you create the art for that yourself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. All the all the album covers, all that stuff. I do that like myself. Nice. Uh, totally fly. Totally. Fly. You're yeah. a true artist, yeah. man. True artist. I yeah, love man. it. I love yeah, it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And the video for that too, like uh, people go check out the video on YouTube. I love the warehouse that used like the empty warehouse with the graffiti everywhere. And those are some of the greatest, the best locations, you know? Oh yeah. It's almost like a uh, graffiti park that's here up in Minnesota. It's like, it used to, I can't, it used to be like um, an old, like weapons, like manufacturing company for like World War II back yeah, in yeah. the day. Made rounds or something like that for the war effort or something like that. It has just been out there since. Yeah. So what you could do is if you can get out there, you get on a certain path, walk through, you can get back to the park, and you know, you can just, you bring your paint, and you just hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's a great location, and uh, it's a great addition to your video. So, you you. check that check that out. I'd like to get a little deeper in the conversation if we can, specifically about art. A question that I always ask artists is, why should we care about art? We should care about art because images shape our reality. Okay, they shape our reality. They often, a lot of times, sometimes. The right, say, still image cartoon can set off a whole conversation. What about music? Music. Because music is a vibration. You know, music is a vibration. You know, it's, it's waves, which means it has physical form. And it all affects us. And one thing that I found that when it comes to musical art, the reason why we have to pay attention the reason why we have to pay attention so much because it's one of the major drivers of culture. Okay, mm -hmm. it's one of the things that we can do together. Okay, in music, when it's done the right way, you don't have to corral cats. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to corral cats. People can come together, feel that energy, feel that vibe, and all of a sudden you have all the all these millions of lights at the end of the tunnel that are formed. You know, it's one of those things that can push everybody into the light like a wave. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what we should care about. Especially, especially these days with so many things that's like you said before, um, as far as you know, more harsher language is being used, all these things that weren't a norm years ago. Art, yeah. if it's turned into a norm now, and you know what it is when you let Pandora out, you know, it's a responsibility. So sure. by letting Pandora out, that means what comes with that, because it's real easy to get to find yourself in the dark. Music pushes us to the light at the same time. It can just do that. And we need that, you know, in these days, we need that to happen more than not. Yes, sir. Amen yes. to that. <laughs> yes. We Amen need, man, that. We, need, we need that music, man. It's, it's, you know, it's, as they say, what the body of the church or the body of Christ, okay? Music. You don't have to be in the building. You can be outside. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay? You know, don't look at the, don't look at the splinter wood. That's not the church we are. Right, right. You know, hey. Yeah, there's a there's a thing. Maybe you've seen it on, on Instagram. It's going around. It's getting viral. I'm sure it was a TikTok thing. 
it's an it's an Indian song, and you know how like TikTok has become a platform for a lot of dance, and then people re- repeat dance steps. You know, one person does this cool like dance move, and then it, and then everybody else tries to emulate it. And this yeah. thing with this, it's an Indian track, and I don't know the name of the track, but I first saw it. It was like a wedding crew. It's like a crew song where you have like a bunch of people together, and I've seen like groomsmen doing this dance. I've seen like Indian girls doing the dance, and guys. I've seen. Okay. A group of black guys doing the dance, a street crew doing the dance together. Mm-hmm. And then the other day I saw, it was like, I don't know how, anywhere, any idea where it was, but it was obviously like an African village, right? With dirt streets mm-hmm. and like dirt, sh- like mud shacks kind of place. And these little kids, these little black kids that look like they were not even 10 years old. Oh yeah, yeah I know you're talking about, yeah. Doing the Indian dance. The I was like, what? Like mind blowing. Oh yeah. And they that's one of the con- it's one of the connectivities of music. I mean, not only the great thing about the internet and connecting us, but like that music is, it's, it's one of those catchy things that even if it's only 30 seconds, man, people all over the world are connected to it. It's such a great yeah. thing, man. Yeah. People, I think, you know, people don't realize until it happens to them that that flash of being out of the darkness into the light, it's infectious. It happens to you. It's like, it happens to you. Okay. It's, Boom. When those kids start popping up on Instagram and stuff like that, people didn't even realize it was standing in the light until it happened to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of, that's the approach, you know, that's kind of how I felt when I made Get Down. You know, I wanted to just, you know, I wanted to make something where I couldn't give, I couldn't give a person no time to recover. Light (laughs) on. (laughs) That's great, man. It's nice. What do you hope to give the world as an artist? That I can give the world as much art as they can stand. <laughs> you know, as much music as they can stand. Yeah. You know, because at the end of the day, I feel the same way about music as I do with money. I can't take it with me. Sure. Okay? It's, it's really not mine. I'm making it for everybody here. You know, go yeah. be a custodian. Go be a custodian, you know, and keep this culture alive. That's what we do. Here it is, because I'm about to be gone. You know, once I'm gone, I'm gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would hope all this art and all this music, all the stuff I'm creating that is going to just, you know, inspire people to do something just better. Whatever your better is. Sure. Okay. I love that. Inspiring people to do better, whatever your better is. That's great, man. That's great. You know, that's, now, that's the future. And, and we talked about your musical career. In the intro, I said uh, you had 25 plus years in the music business doing music. You talked about starting off in the church and singing gospel and things like that as a young guy. It's, it's funny because we see, often we see an artist, especially like a, a famous artist, like we see them at their peak of fame because they get out there, boom, all of a sudden everybody knows this artist. But what we often don't see is the fact that they were grinding for 20 years to get to that point where all of a sudden they have instant success, right? Yeah. Quote unquote, instant success. And it seems like your star is rising, my friend. Like you've been doing this for a long time, but now suddenly things are starting to happen more and more where your music's getting out there to a wider audience, which is just making, I mean, I would have never found you had it not been for Troy, but then, like I said, I listened to you get down and I was like, this is so good. This music, I must've played it 50 times. Man, the first I couple days I heard it. That's such a good track, man. I love it. I love it. So 
I, I don't think I really have a question here. <laughs> Just hey, let me ask you this. Knowing that you've gone through that grind for such a long time, what do you think holds people back when they want to be a professional artist, whether it's a musician, whether it's a, a visual artist, whether it's a hip hop or whatever, what holds them back from keeping that, you know, keeping that dream alive, keep pushing. Keep, Cause you could have given up a long time ago and you could have just been like, oh, I'm just doing it for myself or whatever, but you're still doing it. You're still in it. What holds people back from doing what you're doing? This is what I think it is. Okay. I, I think it's like a, a couple things. The main thing is that uh, I, I don't know about anywhere, anywhere else, but as far as this country, artists are not, they're not looking at themselves as a small business. Okay. Okay. You're actually a soft, small business. If you're pulling something from the nothingness and giving it shape and form to create a product, you are a business. Mm, okay. Yeah. Truth. You're not. You know, you are the CEO, you are the CFO, you're managing yourself. Okay. And and th those are the those are the things that hold artists back. They sometimes don't believe that they can go that far. Well, you have to get the uh, thought process of thinking you're about to make a song or do this, and then all of a sudden a record is that shows up and just gives you a deal and that's it. Okay where you, know, you have to be more realistic. You have to think of yourself as a small business, one. And then two, travel. You know, one of the biggest things that's happened to me as far as the music is that just being able to travel internationally. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I never thought I would have had as many fans from China <laughs> than I do. It's like, bro, it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous. It's like, I started going to China, uh, 2017, okay. 2016, 2017. It was more for the martial arts because yeah. I had been training for so long. So my teacher was taking me back and forth so I can like get the rest of my training and get my lineage and that sort of thing. But also at the same time, I was doing music, getting music and doing shows and doing some performing stuff there and they just they just like grab you know the chinese people they just grabbed on to it yeah yeah, yeah. hip-hop there okay hip-hop there is it's basically the golden age there you know, yeah. to them. people don't realize just in these past 20 years of china being open to the rest of the world there are certain things they're still catching up on you know, for them, Run DMC just came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Melly Mel and the Furious Five, they just came out for them. Okay. Yeah. They do hear some of the new stuff and other stuff. But, you know, they know about Snoop Dogg and, all the, and Tupac and that sort of thing. But, like, the harsher stuff and some of the hip-hop that's kind of harder to understand they don't really do that over there and it's not because they don't like it it's the it's the language and cultural barrier sure sure but they gravitate to the old school because you know even though we were using slang uh you know in the beginnings of hip-hop it was still you know it's still more enunciated it still wasn't a far stretch to hear what we were saying in slang and hip hop back in and still translate it to all, oh, okay, they're saying this. 
Right. Where right. now you have like these subgenres that's popped out of hip hop. And if you're not from that particular block, from that particular neighborhood, you have no idea what's going on. Right, 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 right. And able to, that's one of, you know, I didn't say that earlier. That's one of the other things that I don't need you was able to do for me too. Just my international presence had just really had just really popped up. And it's those two, it's going back to your question. It's those two things. Artists not realizing that they're the business and they can pretty much set their own terms. You can set your own terms when you make in the product. Sure. You know, like, you know, a lot of times it's too late when an artist realizes that, you know, sometimes getting with a record label, signing a deal, it's made for them to win, not necessarily you. True. Okay. True, and, true. you know, it's, it's, and it's that and it's definitely education level. Like a lot of, you know, it's quite a few artists that don't understand, like when you sign a deal and they give you an advance. Yeah, they give you an advance. They got money. You can do what you need to do. But a lot of them don't do what they actually need to do, right, <laughs> you know, and, right. they don't, and they don't realize that, OK, they're loaning you this money. OK, but it's not like. A loan for a house where it's a mortgage, you're paying it over a 20, 30 year span and depending on how long you want to be there. Like, no, they're giving you an advance to for you to pay loan shark prices. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. You got to think about it. You have to just think about it. Okay, you're going to give me half a million. We're making this project. We hope the project does well to for the money to come back, flip, make profit. Okay, then most artists will just go past that. The other questions they don't know to ask. Oh, okay, you're giving me half a million. First, at what percent? (laughs) <laughs> right, right. You know, is it it's an like, investment? Right. I say, is it like a house loan at like you know five six percent, or are you talking about Discover credit card at twenty one percent? Right, 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 right. And That's a brilliant then, insight. Yeah. And then okay, you don't. It doesn't. And let's say you don't get it paid for wherever the parameters you set. Then the label goes, "Hey, don't worry about it. Here's some more money." Yeah, I guess you could take this more money we can get to you and pay that out. You know, they, you know, they just keeping you in the red so you can keep working. So you keep doing this, keep doing that, where you can just take yourself. Artists have to take themselves just more seriously. You're you're just a business. OK, once you go that route, you just basically gave away your whole entire business model and sure. they're going to run a basic fit. You know, sure. it's just that's what and that's one of the things that, you know, I advocate for artists is like, look, don't shun a possibly 50, 60, 75 thousand dollar a year career that you can make out of music. Just because you're not making millions doesn't really mean anything. Can you pay yeah. your car? Can you pay your mortgage? Well, you're making it. <laughs> right, 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 right. I always tell people who are like a. I'm not a professional artist. I'm like, have you sold any art? R- regardless, music, visual art, photography, whatever. Like if, if you've sold art and gotten paid for it, you're a professional. That's from that point forward, you're no longer an amateur artist. And a lot of, especially younger, new artists don't think that way. They don't have that mindset yet of like, I, I get, man, I got paid for this print or I got paid for this soundtrack or whatever it is. Like, 
you're now pro and think of you have like you said you have to start to switch your way of thinking okay i'm a professional business person i may be an artist but i'm also a business person i love that insight that's really good insight yeah so the next question i have i want to do a thought experiment if you will um, okay I'm, it's a it's sort of a standard question i want to flip it on its head a lot of people say oh if you had a minute with your 20 year old self what would you say i want to i want you to project yourself in the future 20 years you've had this career you know now you've had a 25 plus year career You've got another 25 plus years. So let's say you've been in the music business 50 years and you happen to run into your younger self, yourself today, your older self runs into your today self on the street. What advice would you want to hear from your older self to your today self? I would say <clears throat> focus pays off, young man, stick to it. Say it again. <laughs> I would say Focus pays off, young man. You stick to it. Oh, that's great. Focus pays off, young man. You stick to young it. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get after it. Yeah. Stay which after go, which <laughs> get after it. Which goes back to the whole like holding people back. That loss of focus is also another thing. You didn't specifically talk about that, but right there you just did, like that focus of I think in today's world, especially in today's world with the internet, social media, it's so easy to get distracted by so many different things. And especially as a creative, as an artist, like, what do I want to do with my life? I've, I've been a percussionist most of my life, but I've also been a professional photographer and I've sung in choir and I've, I've played, you know, electronic music and I've done all these different things. I play many different types of drums and I don't want to be a uh, jack of all trades, master of none. I, you know, for me, I started, and I used to think that, oh, I do this and this and this, but I'm not really, stellar anything i'm like i'm an artist i see myself as an artist like just just keep creating art and i think that focus is really important of like and just keep going down that path because if you get distracted right. off that path you're you're gonna you know lose your way in a real sense of you have so much in you that you can be successful in this one field and if you get away from it you know that's why i love like you're still doing music you're still doing music you're still doing music and yeah, man. stay after it stay after it <laughs> Stay out. You're starting to see that payoff now. You're starting to see that yeah. payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can people get a hold of you? I did a little uh, a little research on you on Google. Now, James is obviously not a very com is, a, is a super common name, and James Porter mm -hmm. is a pretty common name too. But yeah. man, Afro Preacher, the moniker, you got it locked in. You own Google. A hundred percent is all about <laughs> you. 100%. So, <laughs> yep, so if anybody right. wants to get a hold of you or learn about you, obviously, all the sound, Spotify and all the other music apps, they can find you. Um, Afro Preacher, you just got to look it up. And that's not Preacher with an E-R, but Preacher with an A-H at the end. Okay. So no. find that Preacher and people can find that preacher. you. And man, you're, you're there everywhere. But if people want to specifically learn about you, where would you like them to go? Go to Afro Preacher, A-H at the end, but AfroPreacher.com. If you Afro really want to like insight, AfroPreacher.com. AfroPreacher.com, okay. Yeah. That's where folks will find you. That's where they'll find me. A lot of stuff. I, I use social media just as an extra arm, but there's a lot of stuff that is released on the website that doesn't make it to social media. All right, okay. 
you know, because it's like the, I, I, and I did that because I've just had fans that's like been true to me for a long time. So I like, you know, just set it up where my true fans, if you really are with me and you dig what I do, I, I like to set it up where you get it first before everybody else. Nice, man. I love that. I love that. So become a fan, follow this man on his website and you can, and you get, get deep in now. Two things I just realized. I mean, there's a lot of synergy between us. And I find that with art, with a lot of the artists that I talk to, like there's something that draws us together. And I, I practiced Tai Chi and Kung Fu for many years, more Tai Chi than Kung Fu. But I see on your YouTube, <laughs> on your YouTube channel, you're doing like a little crane pose at the top oh. of the, in the photo. And, yeah. and you, and you have these, I never really paid attention to it, but you've got these, uh, you've got these Chinese characters. And now you just talked about touring in China, going to China and people in China being attached to your music. What is it? What are the characters and what do they say? If you don't mind. Okay. I've said that. Okay. So they don't necessarily have a word that says Afro. Okay. okay. But the best. I've not way seen many Chinese can... guys with Afros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the best translation they use is big hair. Okay. Okay. So big hair in Mandarin is bofa. Bofa. Okay. Okay. Bofa. okay. So the first section, that whole section right there, that's bofa. Okay. And then you go to the next one. Those character means Isan. Okay. Isan is the third. Because I'm the third. <laughs> right. And the last part I have to look at to get my, my enough nation, it means artist. Okay. So instead of because they don't have a they also don't necessarily have a translation for preacher. All right, okay. So they mostly know me as Bofa Isa. Okay, either Afro the third, the artist. <laughs> All right, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. This is what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great, man. And it's having that international connection is great. And I see like on your website, yeah, on the sliders, you've got it. Oh, you got some prints there, Purple Day. <laughs> you've got that, the, the, the Mandarin characters there. So it's a, it's a great connection, international connection. I love that. I love that. What are you working on today? Or let's, what's coming up for you in the next six months? Or what do you have planned over the next year? Well, what's okay? Well, so what's coming up? Like a lot of stuff going on. The actual get down music video will be coming out pretty soon. Here, we actually just finished shooting some of the last scenes to it, so that's actually on the table. So that video will be coming out pretty soon. I also have updated a new update for a mixtape that I'm dropping called Kung Fu Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> It's me and my producer, uh, Flame Squad, DJ MC. He's the brainchild behind it. He wanted to, you know, do something. We're still really heavy into boom bap. So we wanted to, like, get back into a little bit of boom bap. Boom bap. You know, yeah, boom bap. You know, just the original form of, you know, uh, of hip hop. So, okay. you know, from, you know, Run DMC. Uh, Jam Master J, you know, from uh, Dougie Fresh, just the, just the boom back, you know, uh, KRS-One. But we kind of transformed it a little bit. Uh, he transformed it to what we call Sonic. 
back now. So it's a little bit more electrified, but the rhymes are still still hit hard, like kind of how old school would be, but you were just, you know, rejuvenating it. So what we call it is, is Kung Fu Galaxy, kicking ass through the universe. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> so if you want to check, if you want to check that out, if you just pull up Kung Fu Galaxy, just hide sounds dot com and it'll pull up you know the it'll go to our uh youtube with some of the songs that are on there okay. got a song on there called pterodome and that was just my homage that i was paying back to you know to uh to big brother chuck d uh i got a, we got a couple cuts on there so that's that's coming up new also i have martial art video that's going to be uh also coming out soon we've uh me and a couple friends of mine have been doing some simulations coming up with some stuff. So we've got some, you know, some music videos that's going to, uh, that are kind of separate from this project, you know, but just some other music that I'm doing and we're going to, we're doing the whole fight scenes. We're going to be talking in Mandarin, rapping. And kicking. <laughs> that's legit. <laughs> so got that. And then possible, well, I won't necessarily say yet, but some touring that's going to be coming up. Uh, so we're going to be just doing a lot of moving around. A lot of tours going to be coming up for me too. So it's just, yeah, man, we're busy. We're busy. We're busy. That's good. Uh, That's... And I've been getting hit up. Keep you off the streets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, a couple more questions I have for you, and one that I've been meaning to ask you, and I, keep, I just kept putting it on and pushing it back as we've been chatting here. But you talked earlier about slang. And I didn't know, maybe because I'm just a, a white boy. But what is this? What talk to me about Chewich? Chewich, Chewich, Chewich. Oh, 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 okay, Church. Okay, Church. Talk to me about Church. Okay, Church. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay, here's here it is. Okay, now Church. Okay, actually, the way you say that Church, that actually comes from Pimpin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that comes from, you know, that comes from the street side, you know, the, the world side, you know, that's a, a lot of times that's the word that's used between pimps and hoes to, to acknowledge that they agree with each other. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, right. You, you, okay. You got me going back. This is kind of going back to like my first, one of my first projects, the uh, uh, pop of my collar. And at the time, a lot of the pimps and hustlers, they really like love my music. So I ended up getting invited and doing a lot of music at players' balls and, and, and doing some music with other pants and stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> so while I was doing that, you know, they kind of gave me, you know, I got my like official designation and, you know, as an official player within the pimps and player world, you know. <laughs> right. And, and they, you know, and they just love Afro preaching, just how, just how I was able to take that culture and add it to my own, you know, and kind of, you know, still give them, you know, you know, let them know that they haven't, they haven't died and gone out. Because, hey, here's the truth. A lot of pimps used to be preachers. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some preachers that turned into pimps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and I also, and it's kind of also the flip side because, you know, now here's the thing. I do not agree with human trafficking. Okay. Let's get <laughs> that out there. Let's get that out there. Let's get right? that out there. People, I don't agree. 
with human trafficking. Okay. But there's also a flip side because one thing, okay, a lot of people don't know that every pimp don't necessarily have hoes on the street. Okay. Sometimes for them, sometimes it's more like the life, the lifestyle of the philosophy and stuff behind it to they exist to let people know that when it comes to the church world, that there are charlatans among us. So they like, hey, they put that out there. Like, no, there's still some of these, you know, folks that run these churches and stuff like that. They're still out there like that. So it's, you know, it's it's in between there. It's one of those things that in between the lines. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. You gotta know about the culture to kind of hear that. So the as far as the church comes from something, that's kind of where it came, that's kind of where it came from. And it just kind of held. So a lot of times when I get to a show. You know, I step out, everybody like, church, church, you know? <laughs> yeah, so that, and, you know, just growing up in the church, you know, it just all kind of goes together. Yeah, yeah. When I saw it, I thought, oh, this is like a play on the word church, church. Yeah. But it actually has a deeper history. And I, I appreciate you. Thank you for sharing that history, especially for those of us who aren't in the pimp and hoe world. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> It, it provides some some insight and some color to that whole thing. So I pre- I really appreciate that. I really I really do. So uh, as we wrap up, any last words that you want to share with with the art unknown audience? You man, you got so much stuff coming out. You've got some great music. Anything else you'd like to share with the with the audience? Yeah, if you know, I'm going to share the audience. If you if you are into original music, you into uh, original art. You know, feel free, stop by afropreacher.com. You know how I treat the brand. Everybody's welcome. Everybody can come. It don't matter. It don't matter where you're from. Okay. You can step into the church. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Afropreacher.com. And you said you might have some, you're going to have some some performance dates coming up. Will people be able to find those on your website? Yep, you'll be able to find it on my website. Um, here's another thing, you know, if you get to my website, please subscribe. Subscribe to my newsletter. I have a newsletter that comes out every month, once a month, faithfully. And it'll give you an update of all everything new that's always going on with it. Because I like to just do it that way. Because a lot of times, you know, people like to uh, plan their weeks and stuff like that. So if you already sure, know sure. I got something going on, you know, hey, you can plan in advance. <laughs> Excellent. Get it in the calendar. Check out, the- check out the preacher. All yes, right. Afro preacher, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you sitting down and chatting with me, giving, giving us some wisdom about you and hip hop and uh, your life. It's been, it's been enlightening and fascinating. And I, I, again, really, really appreciate it, man. appreciate you, bro, man. Thanks man, for having me, man. Glad to meet you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Woo. She said, we should give it to me. The music for this episode of the podcast is, of course, Mr. Afro Preacher himself. And the track, I'm sure you know it already, is Get Down, his hottest new release. You can check out all of Afro Preacher's music wherever you listen to your music. And be sure to go to afropreacher.com to sign up to get all the information from the preacher himself. See you in church.
If you hate those boring old black or gray solid workout clothes that everybody has where you go to yoga class and 19 out of the 20 people sitting around you are wearing the exact same thing from the exact same store, step on out, get something colorful, go shop at theartunknownstore.com where you can find incredible art infused into athletic wear, athleisure wear, leggings, sports bras, shorts, all the gear. Artunknownstore.com. We're talking high quality. We're talking recycled materials. I'm telling you about how we don't have any sweatshops that create our products at the Art Unknown Store. No siree, Bob. This is the best in athleisure wear for you the next time you get on your mat. Stand out. Be bold. Be creative. Live life and be golden with the Artunknownstore.com. My name is Jim Wills, the host and producer of the Art Unknown podcast, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this incredible chat. Now, let's do what the preacher says, and baby, get down, do something creative, and always feed your soul with art. Art.